Hello, people. Welcome back to Noise Avocation Podcast, the weekly show on all things music-related. I am your host, Ryan, here with Jeremy. Um, for those of you who care, my social tag is at Soundwaveslave on Instagram. And I don't fuck with that shit. You can follow us at Noise Avocation Instagram and Noise Avocation Facebook page. We also have an email address that we recently created for questions. And we do have Twitter, but I really don't use it. Yeah, we, uh, like I said, I don't fuck with anything but our uh, page, really. So I'm not up on the Instagram and what have you. But all right, we are going to let this track Stag Hunter by the band Inanimous finish playing out here before we get into the episode. Twenty twenty three and we are back. It feels kinda weird to be back actually. 
Yeah, we've been off for uh, two, couple three weeks. weeks or something like yeah. that. Christmas, New Year's, that shit's always all fucked up. And moving. Yeah, and moving. I'm finally like into my house and stuff to where it's feeling like a house. Always a good thing. Pain in the ass moving, especially in winter. However, we've been pretty um, fortunate if you don't like snow. Yeah, January's been weird here. Definitely. Usually we're like a bunch of snow days by now, like at least a foot of snow piled on the side of the roads, and there's zero yeah, snow. Yeah, it's fucking Strange. weird. But I'm, I'm cool with it because the older I get, the more I talk about moving to like Arizona or some yeah. shit. Well, at least you didn't say Florida. No, fuck You ain't Florida. quite that old yet. No, dude, and Florida's not even cool. Hurricanes, fucking sweaty-ass heat, big-ass mosquitoes. Yeah. And my kid and my old lady went there well, a couple years ago, and my son was like, dude, these beaches don't even, they look like Michigan beaches. Yeah. He was, you know. He thought it was going to be like and you, fucking paradise. Instead of a Michigan beach, you walk in, you got some rocks on your feet. Like you walk into a Florida beach, you got some jellyfish sitting <laughs> in your feet. Yeah, and like yeah. you can't shit. go out too far because sharks and no, shit. Man, you I, know? Like, like, I like the fresh water, man. Yeah. So, yeah. Florida's so anyway. good for death metal, though. Definitely. We're going to get into that in a little bit here. Jeremy and I have both been fortunate enough to hear the new obituary before it is released this Friday, and we're going to give our first take on it and just let people know what we thought of the album and how it stacked up to the other stuff, how the band's progressing, you know, et cetera, all that good good things. But before we get into all that, uh, let's get into a little bit of recent news that started off the new year that was very unfortunate news was the passing of 3-6 Mafia's Gangsta Boo at the young age of 43. 43, yeah. That's not much older than me. That's fucking crazy, you know what I mean? I don't think the cause of death has been officially released, it but I've seen some rumors. rumors. But I'm not. I don't want to get into that out of respect for the family until that's all said and done right. in public news and whatever. Not my place to say any of that. But I would like to get into just talking about Gangsta Boo in general and what she's done for rap music, for specifically for women in rap music. Which, I mean, in a predominantly male-dominated game, it's, especially you in have to, rap, dude. Yeah, you have to definitely assert yourself and make a name and mark for yourself in in the music she did it in the right way where she got respect as a fucking mc not a piece of ass you know what i mean she did rap a lot about being a piece of ass yeah but but in like a in a creative good way not just from a a chick rapping from a dude's point of view that's how she that's how i yeah yeah exactly Like, she's going to, instead of, like, dudes always talking about being with, like, a hundred women, she's like, I, I love them, but, you know, I got to yeah. edit that. I got to edit a <laughs> bunch of that out, but yeah, I don't have to. But she's just spitting about the same thing, like, doing a hundred dudes, and they all have little dicks, and she's laughing about it or whatever. It's just like, damn, dude. she's It's like she's fuck. being the alpha in the room. Yeah, exactly. was what drew me to her originally, really. Like, you know, I... 
I can't really remember the first female I ever heard rap. It may have even been Gangsta Boo because I got into 3-6 Mafia fairly young. Yep. And I j- she just blew me away, man. Like, she was hard as fuck. And th- I hadn't heard that in a woman in rap yet, you know? Yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. you remember Baby D from Friday or next Friday? Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's like her rapping, like she'd beat your ass. Oh, definitely. And she definitely. sounded like it. She would kill you, yeah, and smoke you out under the table, whatever, drink you. She definitely held that persona. And when uh, the first, like, I can't remember the first time I heard her, because like Ryan said, I've been listening to them since I was maybe junior high. So like, what, 13 years old, 12, 13, 14 years old. When Hypnotized Camp Posse came out, there's a track on that called um, We Ain't Playing. Gangster Boo's verse on that was so fucking hard that uh, that pretty much solidified it for me. Like, this bitch is fucking tight. That came out in 2000. Yeah, so I would have yeah. been 15 when that came out. And uh, I remember being in, like, a small engines class, too. Was, I, I never owned any 3-6 Mafia. It was all, like, bootleg fucking burn copies yeah all the shit i had was burned yeah download it off limewire and burn it but i would like i would find a website and get the actual track listing and burn it as if it were the whole album right i wouldn't just like playlist it oh no for sure yeah i was always anal about that if you download it and make a copy it's got to be like an exact copy or fucking i don't want it other, because if not, it's just a playlist. Yeah, it's which is fine. I had some of that shit too. That was like hardcore fucking playlists, or just like oh shit yeah, that for you, your personal to shit. throw into the mix or whatever. But, but I like having I like the having thing. the actual full thing. If oh, I yeah. couldn't find a place to buy it or didn't have the money or whatnot, yeah, I rarely. Uh, yeah, and that's the other thing. Not either not having the money because fuck. When I was a kid, CDs were twenty bucks, twenty two bucks, maybe they're like eighteen at one point. From a store, you know, or I can go to a fucking hardcore show and get a five dollar copy for that price. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was way easier to burn them. Of course, now anyone that get because you could buy a it. fucking stack of blank CDs for like uh-huh. <clears throat> I don't know thirty dollars or something, yeah, like for like a hundred of them, yeah, and just tear it up. I knew this dude that had a a label printer to where he'd even print out the actual cover of the album, put it on there, print out the little booklet to go into the CD. It It wouldn't have all the extra pages and everything, but it at least had a cover so you could... Right, it looked pretty good. Yeah. My first copy of... um, The only thing I've never seen anybody do is print the bottom inserts where they fold up to the spine. You always oh, had yeah, to like have to put have a that, sticker on there and write per- on it or something. Perforated edge or whatever yep. you're saying. Yeah, the perforated edge. Yeah. See, my, nobody, nobody like had the paper for it or whatever. That shit would have been so expensive. Yeah. Back then, but my first copy of Wu Tang Thirty Six Chambers was a burnt copy with that printed label, and somebody just like haggardly fucking drew the W and then wrote like Wu Tang in the shittiest microsoft font like around it in red <laughs> and i still have that fucker man i don't think it really uh, plays funny. the fuck it's probably yeah, rotted out by it's now so ghetto but yeah gangsta boo she was only 14 when she started rapping yeah dude, and amazing came in with three six mafia at 15 16 somewhere around there and she was on 
I believe their first five yeah. albums. She was and on then, Mystic like, Styles and yeah, shit. Yep, she choices. was on the first on Choices, all that. Yeah. Um, the end. But she left the group, I don't know, the exact date, somewhere around 2003 or four or something like that. Yep. And came out with, she went to go pursue her own solo career but she left a group on good terms it wasn't like a fuck you guys i'm doing my own thing it was just a i want to start putting out my own albums yeah i heard that you know it was um little financial differences but you said she was young she wanted to break out on her own you know i get it but Um, she did still she held do features with them or like, she did stuff with Eminem, she did stuff with Run the Jewels, she's been on a ton of different projects. Yeah, I want to say I uh, I thought that, I found this out, you know, for this episode, I was kind of looking into it, obviously. And she did a track with, or a Yellow Wolf track, who I personally don't care for Yellow Wolf, but it was called Throw It Up, and it featured Gangster Boo and Eminem, and uh, yep. it's pretty odd, you know? So, I mean, for, for Gangsta Boo, I say, like, it's kind of weird that she would... Do that, I guess, you know, because it's kind of like out of her box. But that seemed like the way she was going. I, think, I was going to say, I think that's what feature. she was trying yeah. to do is be, she was moving out of her right, box. I right. mean, if you want to grow in your career, you have to. It just, exactly, and that's what I'm saying. It just sucks that that got cut short. Oh, yeah, especially because she was still putting out music. She was yeah. still doing features, working with new artists. Like, she did stuff yeah, with she wasn't Glorilla. Yeah, she was putting out a bunch and, of shit. Yeah, and she's been doing, I've heard her on Drink Champs and a few other podcasts and interviews. And then they did that live, uh, Bone Thugs versus 3-6. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she was on there with LaChat and everybody else from there. Yeah, LaChat's another, uh, from Memphis, Tennessee, but yep. Gangsta Boo is, I don't know, Gangsta Boo is always fucking held in a higher regard. I like LaChat, too. Oh, she's hey, a great you know, She's bitch. great, but, uh. I was always drawn more to Gangsta Boo. Yeah, me I think too. it's mostly her accent, her flow, her it's voice. Her flow and, and her like, voice, yeah. yeah. Her flow is fucking tight. But I like when when a chick sounds hard when she's rapping. Like, Saw Rock has a really deep, like, I want to punch you in the fucking face voice, even if she's putting out inspirational content and shit like that. You yeah, know, yeah, she, yeah. she still has that, like, I will fuck you up if I have to sound. And, like, Megan the Stallion has it, too. And, I don't know, I like when, to me, it it puts a cool twist on hip-hop. Because back when, I mean, I guess even MC Light had a pretty hard voice, too, now that I think about it. But as far as getting, like, 3-6 is fucking Grammy Award winning, it's crazy to think that. Oh, yeah, you know, like, like multi-Grammy yeah, Award winning, they've like, done a lot. And, and then just the and stuff to be a that, part of that dude is fucking nuts. Just the stuff that DJ Paul and Juicy J have done, just productions for other songs uh-huh. that have become huge. I'm gonna have uh, on our Facebook or Instagram or wherever we we can post put it this, on both. We'll put up. Uh, I came up with like a little playlist of the songs that I like that I think are like Gangsta Boo's fucking top tracks that'll like you know grab you and get you in. We'll post that shit. I'll put it in the description of the episode and everything, too. We'll put it on the Facebook, Instagram, all that. Another, I just want to mention another hit, like a quote-unquote hit from her. Yeah, it's go like ahead. Where Them Dollars At. If there's a video for that, anybody get a chance to watch it, it's pretty entertaining. 
Yeah, that was off her first album, Acquiring yeah, yeah. Minds. Yep. I think she was 19 or something when that came out. Okay, yeah, and then I wanted to, I forgot I was going to mention this. So after that album came out, she was like 20, 21, and she, and I remember even as a younger hearing about this and being like, what the fuck? But she found God and went all like, I don't want to be gangsta boo, I want to be lady boo. So she went on that lady boo kick for a minute. Yeah. And come to find out, she was like, look, I was... 14 rapping for you know i had a six six year seven eight year career i've already been successful all the pressure i was just depressed i mean and, that makes sense and that's like what you she said she's like i'm self-medicating yeah she didn't she's almost got like the michael jackson thing where she yeah. didn't grow up yeah. you know she's like touring but because yeah that should definitely would take a toll on oh, you especially right. being a kid like if you're a little bit older and more I'm not saying she wasn't mature, but you know, no, you, definitely. you definitely don't have what you have at like in your 30s at 14 if for they, most people. If they say that mentally. your brain stops developing, doesn't stop until you're 25, and you're and she was doing things like at 14, 16, 17 that pe- very few people get to do ever. You know? Yeah. Pretty nuts. It would, yeah, it definitely would take a mental toll. So it makes sense. As far as I know, though, her death was no foul play. Like, it wasn't suicidal no. or anything that yeah. I've read. Because, I mean, all the interviews and anything I've heard with her, and she's a happy-go-lucky person and I heard, generally I heard very, very positive. Yeah, I did, too. What yeah. I, I mean, whatever it was, it's still it sad. Sucks. Like yeah, Rest in way. peace, Gangsta Brew. Yep. Uh, that will be one part of hip-hop that will be dearly missed. Well, yeah, even, you know... Three Six Mafia puts out an album, and you kind of like look forward to hearing all the little guest spots that they do throw on there, and that's one that won't be on there, you know. Yeah, or you know they go to do a tour or whatever. Right, like, she's always going. It ain't gonna be the same. Right. So yeah, peace out, gangsta boo. Anyway, with that, <clears throat> let's get into the latest of obituary, yeah, which is a. what we were. We're here to talk about. <laughs> this is what we're here to do. Initially, man, just the fucking cover alone on this album makes you want to, like, listen to it, you know, which you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but this cover is fucking, like... I don't know, though. When, awesome. it, comes to, when it comes to metal, sometimes you judge a book by yeah. its cover oh, because if it weren't for a lot of the covers, some of these bands you would never check out. But it's obituary just for... Is. It is, like... You gotta have a cover that draws you in in a certain way, and whether it's funny, bizarre, awesome, gory, I don't know. But, okay, but well, let's, you gotta we have can use obituary. The album before this that came out, where it was literally just their font. Yeah, and but it, and but it looked kind of cheesy. It looked kind of yeah. Well, it just looked plain and boring. Yeah, but. Let me rebuttal that with obituary has arguably one of the coolest fucking fonts in death metal. Agreed. With the way their name makes a fucking yeah, circle. Yeah, yeah, I would say their logo alone holds enough to just slap it on an album and be able to sell. But holding that up to all of their other album covers, that to me was a cop out. Yeah, I mean it's no slowly we rot or know? cause of death or like you look at ten thousand ways like, to die. It's fucking beautiful, dude. Yeah, this one has a really cool. First off, the color scheme's sweet. Uh, just the contrast of oh, the orange, like and the sky blue and orange. Yep. 
the CD's actually like really dark. It's hard to tell what it is in there. Yeah, it looks like when you look down at the bottom where the album title yep. is. You can see the little guy. There's like a little dude standing yep. there. And then it kind of looks like there's a mountaintop that goes up with you a bunch of people that he's fighting. Yeah, you see where the door, like it's kind of like a slit in that fucking big yeah. castle looking thing and all those yeah, people and all the people fork, are out on there and yep. fucking shit and there's just one lone dude standing down there yep that's, so, that's you <laughs> so the album name is dying of everything and the release date is this friday on january 13th it is obituary's 11th studio album uh it's 10 tracks and 45 minutes and it's really 45 minutes perfect timing for a death metal album, I think. Yeah, I think when you get into death metal albums that are like an hour 20, it, it's just kind of exhausting after a oh, while. It does, yeah, it gets it where unless it's changing a lot or and, if they got the a bunch of cool yeah. if they got a bunch of cool interludes, but I can get with it. Like if they got a bunch of synth interludes but, or like movie yeah, things or whatever. Death metal though for an hour and a half, one band. Yeah, almost doesn't fit the fucking no, genre, really. you know. But that's like the beauty of obituary in yep. general is they're simple, and they had their formula work like from the get go, and stuck to it. And I've seen them live, and they don't do anything flashy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the way they play is, like, flawless, and it sounds fucking amazing. So they're simple but yet effective. Well, it's like if it's not fixed or if it's it ain't not broke, broke, don't yeah, fix don't it. don't fix right? it. And they – But the band the still has – they do their shit, they do it the best. They did have two original members die, like, a while back. Yeah. But other than those two replacements, they're – is yep. still original lineup of the other three. The two brothers, the singer John Tardy and Don Tardy, the drummer, are they've both been in the begin- band since the beginning. And yeah, you can't help death. So it's right, like, and I would have to. I would imagine. Well, their bass player did go to play for Gorgoroth for a while, and then he passed. But aside from that, I would think they probably still have the same lineup. Yeah, oh, but, I, w- I would assume. But the guys that are filling now are doing a great job, so. That would be a tough decision, dude. Can you, I think, can you imagine they're like, do you want to play with Gorgoroth or do you want to play with Obituary? That would be a tough decision. I mean, dude, yeah, it would. Because and it's kind of Obituary's ob- almost, you're guaranteed you're going to get paid. Yep. Gorgoroth, you're you, gonna have some crazy fucking you, stories. You might not even get booked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might not make it out alive. I don't know. Shit's cool though. That had to be quite a change up though, because or at least when I've seen Obituary, they haven't done anything crazy. Like they don't have flamethrowers coming no, off no, the yeah. stage. They don't have goat heads on the fucking They're like an old school they, they got their Fucking play. Yeah, they got their big banner. banner in the background and some lights that shine down, and they fucking headbang and jam. Like, and you know those releases that came out that were they were recorded live, the Slowly We Rot and the... Live okay. at Studio. Yeah. I, I think that was a little tricky on the wordplay, how they put those out, yeah. but it does fucking... You can listen to how fucking crisp and tight that band is playing those songs for... What now? Thirty five, almost forty years, maybe thirty eight years. Yeah, that's almost how old I am, right? So they got that shit down. 
They and they don't have to do anything flashy, like you said. They just no, their music crank it. literally speaks for itself, uh-huh. and which I enjoy because. I mean, that's like death. Like, the music speaks for itself. Yep. Like, you don't have to be all up in the papers and fucking the most popular band yeah, ever. Uh-huh. Like, your music is flawless. If you can go a career that long and not put out a bad album, which death didn't and neither did obituary, that does think, not happen, really. No, it it doesn't. And I think a lot of a lot of bands owe a lot of shit to obituary, even if they don't realize it. Oh yeah, you know for what sure. I mean? They were one of the death metal pioneers. Exactly, hundred percent. Florida scene, dude. When Metallica, it, they came out in '84, not Metallica, Obituary. So when Metallica was just getting into an album or two yep. and starting to get big, like think of the contrast in music there. What they were known as Executioner at the time in '84, and then became Obituary in '88. Yeah, and the fucking. The difference in the yeah, the music difference is in the music insane. though, like their sludgy, like John Tardy's growl is, un you can't mistake that. it for anybody else. And in that's death what metal. that's almost that's what draws you in, like initially. Yep. On this fucking album with that first track, you know, it's just fucking boom. There you are. And it's filled with tons and tons of just really good head banging uh, riffs. Yeah, and it's all like. It's groovy, dude. Yeah, it's groove metal. It's sludgy. It's heavy. It's fuzzy. It's crunchy. It's fucking awesome. And you're probably going to hear us say it's fucking awesome at least 10 more times during this, but it is really fucking good. I didn't expect it not to be good because everything else leading up to this point Uh has spoken for itself, and they've done a great job with every other album that they've come out with. Like I listened to the shit out of the last one. But it was better than I expected. See, I, I I think I like this one a little more than the last one. Yeah, I, think I would agree. I like, and the, the last one was really I good know, too. The last one is really good. I just, and it might even be now. It's just because it's new, and you're like, this fresh is fucking and fresh, fresh and exciting. Right. So maybe that's why. But I mean, it stacks up to the old stuff. Like I think you, the you listen to it, on it's fucking perfect too because it's not too clean. You yep. know what I'm saying? It's got that kind of. It's still yeah. Whatever they fucking do in that, on that production desk. Yep. They fucking know what they're doing. <laughs> yep. I agree. Yeah. It has a certain tone to it that it doesn't sound like it's trying to be polished and pretty. Right. Like right. it's supposed to be swampy. It's, yeah. And it's dirty. like they just like, turned on the button and fucking flicked a bunch of switches and were like, all right, try that. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Hit record, and. You definitely get that. I. Th- what What do you think your favorite track is on there? Um, I liked "Without Conscience" and yeah, "War" dude. quite a bit. "Without Conscience" probably my favorite track on there. Yeah, it like I liked how it kind of started off slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there was two different breakdowns in it that were like real heavy ass, like stomping fucking breakdowns. And I don't know. I just. Obituary could draw out like one riff for a whole song, and I'd love it just because it's awesome. I like know. they did with Redneck Stomp. Like, yeah, they yeah, just yeah. repeated the same thing, but it's fucking awesome. No, and that's what, yeah, that puts you in the, like that whole stompy, like beat down, like groove. I mean, that's what they call it a groove, you yeah. know? To put that track, like, it's kind of like right in the middle. That's fucking sick. I liked also on the track War. 
Yeah, there yeah. was that one little tiny part where they like kicked off the amp and just played the guitar clean. Yeah, it was yeah, literally yeah. like just that a quarter. Yeah. yeah, which at first when I heard that I was like, "What the fuck?" And I like, it was weird that they didn't draw it out for longer. Like it was just so quick and random. Yeah, but it was it worked. Like it's no, not, it's like a, I really liked it yeah. actually. I was like, "Damn, that was actually a really cool fill." Just to like splat in there just yeah, for a it's second like a fucking jump scare in a song almost. yeah and then so it kind of like you're saying you're like what the fuck so it fucks with the tension for a minute yeah that's what i think it's kind of like gives you that split second of <gasps> and then rips you right back in you know yeah but it just comes back yep. and punches you in the face fucking right on so when you first listened to it start to finish what was your first impression that the the production stood out to me. Okay. And then it's kind of like, man, this, you know, it's fresh. It's like you said, it's fresh. But my first listen through is kind of like I'm judging more than I'm listening, I guess. And, uh, I, and I don't mean to. Yeah, but you're like looking for any little different nuances. In right. The like I'm, I look at it, I'm trying to pick it apart. So that's why, then after that, I put on self-titled album and then... I was like, man, this fucking album's so good, too. Then it went back to Dying of Everything, and that's when I was like, dude, this shit sounds... It, that's what... It sounds so fucking good. It's yeah. the production, man. Were you... Did you listen to the singles before? I listened to... Uh, the... Wrong Time. Wrong Time, yep. And... Dying of Everything was the other one. Dying of Everything, I didn't listen to until I listened to the album. Okay. And Honestly, then they did just come out with My Will to Live the other day yep. also. But the only one I heard was Wrong Time, and I... Gotcha. That was um, enough for me to be, to pique my interest, to be like, yeah, I need to hear this shit. And that's not even really the best representation of the whole album. No. I mean, it is a good representation of the band, but... And the album as a whole, like, I don't know, I really loved Without a Conscience. Yeah, more. Those were the two songs that I keep going back to. Definitely but, stand out. But I was I played the record a few times at my house and then I got the C D too to play in the car. Now what did you think? They did have a cassette tape too. I almost bought it because oh, I was like, cool. Man, that's sweet. What were the differences in the C D versus the um the record? record? To be honest, I haven't played the record enough to really okay. know. And I'm running a different stereo than I usually am right now since I moved. Uh-huh. So I'm not playing on the turntable that I really like to play. I'm using my oh, U, my okay. U-turn instead of my project. I got gotcha. you. Which I could just hook the project up, I guess. But I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'm going to use the other one for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear so, you. And it, it's black, so it matches everything else in the living room. The project's white, so it, which does work, but whatever. So I don't know. I'm not I'm not used to the cartridges much. This one sounds uh, a little bit different. I got you. So Does it, it color it some, maybe? I don't know. Not really. It's just... A little less, like the um, the frequency response is a lot lower, so oh, it doesn't. Oh, okay. You gotta really crank it up to bring stuff out of the gotcha. record. So I'm gonna swap the cartridge out on it soon. I just I listened to it um, digitally streamed. Yeah, the singles um, and stuff. You're right. Yeah, and I did it through um, title, and so it's about it's like the best you can get, and. Uh, 
and the record sound the record just sounds way more warmer i mean there's like a noticeable fucking difference now and i'm playing it through the same stereo and obviously there's a lot of factors in that but i also have only played the cd in my car right and not on my stereo that makes so i'd have to play it on the stereo to be able to give that answer accurately right yeah that's just some things that i noticed but the artist that did the cover his name is like marus m-a-r-i-u-z lendowski l-e-w and owski you know (laughs) we're from northern michigan this was like he they think that this was might be his last um piece of art too i don't know too much about the artist aside from him doing this record and it could be his last no i think he's dead did he die because in the album in the booklet it says 1960 to 2022 Oh, so and he it did? says thank you for everything underneath that. So I'm guessing he yeah, did he's die. dead. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, definitely um, go back and look at his art. I like how it says co-produced by Obituary, which means they overseen the production. Yep. In control of their shit. And it does say Redneck Studio, which that's I theirs, isn't think it? is theirs, if I remember correctly. I think so too. They also make barbecue sauce. I don't know if you knew that. And beer. I didn't know they made barbecue sauce. The beer thing doesn't surprise me. I guess they, from, like, I follow them on Instagram. They did a live thing, like, during the pandemic lockdown stuff. That was pretty cool. Oh, I got you. And they just, from what I can tell, they just, like, hang out, drink beer, and grill stuff. And write music. That's the fucking. Really good music, too. Pretty good life. That would be a good life. I mean, I don't know what else to honestly say about the record as far as, like, if you like Obituary, you're going to fucking love this album. If oh, yeah, you won't, you won't be disappointed. You should, that's a fine place to start. That's like Steve. I, let, I played it for him in yeah. the store, and he... Was that what he's talking about the other day? Yeah, he knows Obituary, but he's like, I never really got into him, didn't really bother listening. I wasn't... He, he wasn't really into death metal at the time. Right. So... He never really listened to him, but I was playing the record in the store the other day, and he was like, dude, I did a mistake, or, or I made a mistake not yeah, listening not, to uh-huh. this. Or he said, I did myself a disservice, is what he actually <laughs> said. And dude, that happens he was to like, everybody. He was like, this is the natural progression of what like thrash metal went to or yeah, something. He's yeah. like, this is fucking like... It's groovy, it's kind of slow in spots, but it's fast too, and it just blends together, and it's, it's like... Oh, the vocals are more approachable, or more accessible for people too, because it's not so... Yeah, if growly. you go back to Slowly We Rot, and, and it's you, real, real <clears throat> slow yeah. vocal, I really love that album, I do though. Too. But so how do you from think... Steve point No, no, I know, but yeah, if you're like an average person of death metal right. and... You're not immediately into obituary because you heard a vocal you didn't like or whatever. Right. I think that this is a little more, I don't want to say cleaned up, but a little less slimy sounding. Let's say it's... I always think I'm slime because mature. Slowly We Rot had all that slime all yeah, over it, yeah, yeah. And so it, but it 
accurately, sorry, tongue-tied, accurately represented how the album sounded. It sounded sludgy, slimy, and dirty. That's true. How do you think this record stacked up to, like, their previous stuff before the last album? Oh, I think it's, I think I was really into jamming uh, Inked in Blood there a few weeks back, and I think this blows that away. I like Inked in Blood a lot. It's a good album. I think this is better, and uh, I would agree. But and I don't know, man. I'm, they they like, don't. They, they yeah. don't. Hit, like we said, they don't, don't have a bad, bad album, album, so it's hard to. We're not. If we say it's better than one, it doesn't mean I dislike the other. Cause yeah, yeah, that's a uh, definitely. Just because we say one is better does not mean the other one sucks by any means. Yep. At all. I liked it quite a bit compared to the old stuff. I mean, I think for the length of their career. It's impressive that they've been able to stay this consistent in their sound and the music and still put keep, out good shit. Keep their bare bones like blueprint that they do, yeah. but still put out content that you're like, this is fucking great. Because they had, it, it's almost like ACDC had their sound. They found it, stuck with it, and went with it. Oh, for sure. And Obituary found their sound, stuck with it, and didn't really try to change it at all. Some bands try to come out with, like, fucking industrial album or a softer album. Or, oh, uh, yeah. We're going to do, kinda, we're gonna do yeah. clean vocals on this album or something. And that works for some bands, but I'm glad that Obituary never did that because it's just so perfect the way it is. I think you know. I think it's just uh, they're like they love that scene, and yep. so and they. I mean, they helped create it. So why would they try to change it all for right. what they made? And like you said, they they're kind of like the ACDC of that genre. But that's not a bad thing either. No, uh, but like Morbid shit. Angel was another band that came out in that scene that yeah. I absolutely love. But they came out with that one industrial sounding album and it fucking sucked uh, i never it's terrible never heard that one it's i can't pronounce it correctly but it's like il divinus something 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 it's suck that. it is not morbid angel right but then they came out with thy kingdom come i think was the next one to that came after that it. or kingdom will fall maybe or something like that uh i haven't listened to it in a while so the album name is not fresh in my head but it's something like that yeah it's fucking awesome loved it hey, it was great yeah, but that, that one album, I was like, what the fuck did you guys just do? Yeah, Converge, I hope their next hope record is good. fucking killer, yeah. Because this one that they just came out with is... We, we say that at least once every fucking... It's like every five episode. episodes. Yeah. But it is bad, dude. Like, I can't give that thing away. I got one copy <sighs> sitting here that I got online. I got it on yeah, eBay. Man, I, I have it on it. Discogs. I have it, like... I even got the price marked down. Like, I will give anybody that wants that what I paid for it or even a couple dollars less just, just to get to it get the it fuck out move, of here yeah. because I'm going to get stuck with it and I don't want to be stuck with it. All right, so anyways, Obituary, January 13th, comes out this Friday. Definitely pick that up. If you're not a fan, do yourself a favor and check it out because I guarantee you will be by the end of it. Uh, we will have it in the store, and, or you can pre-lapse. Or pre-lapse. <laughs> I got ahead of, I got ahead of myself. You can pre-order 
from relapserecords.com, or if you're a local, you can stop in and grab it at the store. We will have the record and CD out on Friday. That's Noise and Toys, 2nd Avenue, Elpina. For all you motherfuckers that don't know. If you're wondering about our intro music, we're going to get to that. And that is a band called Anonymous. They are from Raleigh, North Carolina. And we have talked about uh, Barrow Horde Records before a little bit. And our friend Tristan from the Doom Synth Project, Elevalon. Yep. Or Elevalon. <laughs> I'm going to butcher it every time. Well, yeah, like the Elevalon. Ca- the like castle synth sound and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. He runs the label and he did some synth parts on the album too. And also, sorry for butchering the pronunciation. <laughs> like, I, he sent me it this morning and I still fucking yeah, forgot. Dude, I keep happens. forgetting. It's weird to say. But, anyways. That dude. He did the production, the mixing, mastering on the album. It came out on his record label, and they do have an upcoming tour here pretty soon. I don't believe there is any dates or anything announced yet, but they're working on that. So we're going to try to get him in around that time. Yeah, we do have interview. we do have an interview lined up with Tristan in the near future from Barrow Horde, and then we also have talked with Anonymous, and we do plan on interviewing them about their album, too. So I'm not going to get into the album itself currently too much. We are going to end the episode once we finish off everything we have to say with another track from the album, so you can check it out. Um, We do have it for sale in the store here, just CDs currently. I don't believe there is any vinyl of it pressed, but I think they are in the works of doing some of their projects on vinyl from Barrow Horde. Uh, the last time Tristan was in here, he said that he was going to be doing different vinyl drops, hopefully this oh, year. Oh, like super limited run type thing? Yeah, or? like smaller runs, but... No, that's fine. That's um, fucking dope. As far as I know, Third Man's doing it. Oh, okay. Because um, he's sense. located in Detroit, and they're going to put it out via their label, so... Which is cool. Yeah, it's gonna and it'll be uh, and it'll be local, right? Local, right, yeah. all that goodness. And it'll get up to Alpina very quickly instead of coming from Germany or Canada or the oh, Czech Republic right. or all the yeah. other foreign spots that records normally come from. And, um, some are sketchy. But Anonymous, uh, you bought the CD, Jeremy. Like, what did you think of it? Uh, I I like it, man. It's fucking, it's cool. It sounds, uh, fresh. It sounds different than anything I've heard, but yet similar as far as, like, the sludge mixed with the um, clean vocals and then the screaming vocals, like that demon devil sound and shit. I love that, that screechy, yeah, like, demon. That's what I just think of it, a demon-sounding-like voice. I love that against that, like, the, like shoe chilling, gazing. haunting kind of... Yeah. Uh, That's what it reminds me of, like a shoegaze, yeah. and like not. I don't want to say black metal, but I want like just a demon metal voice coming at you. It's chilling sound. Yeah, it's it's fucking cool, man. But it's and I like the mix of it. I like how it was produced with the those vocals kind of buried like that, and it's kind of a little noisy, but not not um. 
you can barely hear shit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's I, I good... would definitely suggest anybody to check it out. It's fucking cool, man. Yeah, if you're into like slow, doomy, sludgy riffs, kind of like Monolord, Electric Wizard. Yep. Um, you said like kind of Deftones, Acid, acid Bath. bath. Deftones definitely reminds me of like the the voice, the chilling the white, sounding voice, kind of white pony sounding. Yeah. Um, it has that tone to it. Uh, yeah, exactly on the guitars and shit. Yeah, and it's then, a good contrast though. No, the it's voices. A, it's a perfect contrast for the vocals, definitely. So I suggest anybody to check that out for sure. Yeah, the album name is Martydom, and it was released September thirtieth last year, twenty twenty two. But we're it's still really new. Dude. It's still fairly new. I know it's not twenty twenty three, but. The album was really good, and I've reached out to a few people to tell them to check it out, and anybody who's interested in checking it out, it is on all streaming services. You can find it on iTunes, uh, Apple Music, and Spotify. I don't know about Tidal, but I would imagine so. And I would imagine you can probably YouTube it too, if that's your go-to for music. Uh, You can listen to it on Bandcamp. You can purchase it on... The Anonymous Bandcamp, which I'll put the link to in the description, and also the Barrow Horde Records Bandcamp, I believe, has it on there as well, which I will put that link in there too. And then if you're a local and any people listening from, you know, our friends or whatever, if you end up liking it, I do have copies for sale in the store also. For the uh, friends out there, it's not going to, it's a chill music, it's chill for me my opinion as far as like i'd put it on and i like like just relaxing listening to it more so than uh cranking it up and getting ready to like i did my dishes to it the other night there you go some some (laughs) chill thing like that yeah it's not gonna i mean maybe but it didn't get me like pumped up to go like you know start some shit or anything it was pretty chill yeah and in a good way man i check it out it's fucking cool steve liked it too he played it yeah, it's and uh, my kid has a copy of it as well. He really liked it. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's uh, like I said, sounds like to me anyway. It gave me that acid bath, Deftones feel. Yeah. And, um, Tristan did all the synth parts on the album. He's mm-hmm. not officially in the band, but he did write one of the songs and then do all of the synth things on the band. Yeah, sort of he's as like a, a producer, dude. Sort of like a collaboration. Yeah. Kind of like Converge Chelsea Wolf, but like way better. but anyway we're gonna well actually before we end off the episode so this week another thing that was also released was iggy pop's latest album uh it's every loser i believe is the name yep i think so and i seen that like there's like duff mckagan on there and a bunch of other people i can't remember who immediately off the top of my head but i remember reading duff and I've only heard two songs so far. I barely listened to it. I didn't even, I, like, seconds. I did hear that it is kind of, well, no, I'm going to save it. Because next week we're going to get into the Iggy Pop album and what we thought of it. Yeah. Just because I haven't really listened to it enough to even give an opinion on it. So I need to actually sit down and play the whole thing front to back. I agree. And we can, uh return with our opinion on that and let you know if it's a fucking filler or if it's killer 
But anyway, we're going to end off this episode by playing another track from Anonymous from their album Marty Dumb. This track is called Revelation, and I believe it's track nine on the album. But I think this, well, actually, I like this track and Guilt the most, but really, I didn't dislike anything on the album. I didn't Just, dislike anything. I always got to pick one track I like more than the others that stand out or right. the riffs stand out more to you or whatnot. So, But I did like how Stag Hunter kind of fell off at the end of the song and led into the slower guilt and then guilt kind of takes a minute to build up and starts getting heavier towards the end of the song i liked how that went along but anyway uh that's all we have this week so here is revelation from inanimous oh and thank you for listening peace out bitches (laughs) i should say thank you